Welcome back to uh, Commencing Inspirations on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And John and myself, we are delighted to welcome back to the program this morning a good old friend of ours who has been on numerous times over the years. Uh, good morning, Noreen Lynch. How are things? Good morning. Things are very good. And it's lovely to be here with you. Just it's it's the miracle of, of Zoom and all of these things allow us to connect. And even though I'm only over the over the Shannon from you. It's, it's Indeed, I was just, I was going to bring that up. So the last time, one of the last times we spoke, you were in the big smoke, you were in Dublin, and now uh, you have traversed the country, you've gone back to your roots, and you're currently sitting in the glorious Camp de Clare. So as you said, literally, it's across the water from us. We have no excuse not to come visit and annoy her, John. It's like, you know, hop on the ferry, you're there in 30 minutes, like. Exactly. So, but Maureen, you have returned and you're currently situated in Spanish Point. Yeah, I'm I'm really lucky. Um, I suppose I was working for many years at Limerick Diocese, training and developing uh, communities and community leadership. And it's, it was great. But I found after 26 years, I kind of thought, you know, time for all things and I should start to, to look around. And I just really prayed a lot about it. And an opportunity came up to move to Dublin to work with the Holy Faith Sisters in Glasnevin. They have a beautiful spirituality centre there. And I was delighted because I really just felt that call to move from training into nourishment, you know, to supporting people and, and to just journeying with people on their faith journey. And it was a fabulous three years there. I really enjoyed it. But the one niggle in the back of my head was the call to come home because home is at County Clare. Um, I'm Limerick born, Cardavon, but I have been in County Clare and Clare Castle for a long time. And I just used to pray, I used to say, Lord, you know, I want, I feel like I'm called from the community to serve the community. So bring me home in your own time. But I didn't realize that sometimes the Lord does things exactly and directly. So just three years and about three months into my time in Dublin, the opportunity came up to come west. So where I am is I'm at Spanish Point. The FCJ sisters who Limerick people will know from the Brough schools for girls. It was a boarding school for girls in Brough, Laurel Hill schools in the city. So the FCJ sisters, they're the faithful companions of Jesus. They're an order of sisters uh, who have a wide variety of work, including education and retreat centres. And uh, they are based all around Ireland and they have a beautiful house in um, Spanish Point in West Clare. So I suppose you might say, why would sisters have a summer house? Uh, people might wonder. Uh, and it's really for all different orders there. They often have summer homes because they would find they have a week in the year to go away and it would make sense that they would have one common place and that they would each come for a week for their holidays. And over the years, up to 1967, actually, sisters couldn't head home on holidays. They would stay together and go on holidays together. And so I was only talking to a gentleman today who spoke about how if you were here in the 50s and 60s, he said in the summer, the bathing boxes would appear so the sisters could change to go swimming. And you'd see groups of sisters walking in twos and, and lines of twos walking to one of the, the local beaches where they'd sit and have just fresh air in their full, all black and white wimple and the whole thing. Um, and that really this was a place of calm and peace, a haven, you know, for a lot of the sisters. So here in Spanish Point, there's been Presentation Sisters, Mercy Sisters from Tipperary. There's been uh, the what's it called the Blue Nuns, the Little Company of Mary, who would be involved in Milford Hospice and the FCJ Sisters had homes here from over the years, originally coming and renting and then gradually 
just uh, taken ownership of, of different sites. And this beautiful spot I'm in now was originally uh, Lord and Lady Abrickin had it as a summer house. But when the FCJ sisters had it in the 80s, they knocked it and built just a simpler, more practical house for themselves. And for many years, they've been coming here. And in the early summer, they would have retreats available. And in the summertime, then July, August, there would be holiday opportunities for the sisters. So it's a nice, simple place, one field in from the sea. And they just, in their discernment and in their reflection, they really felt there was a calling for this place to be developed more and that more things might happen here, not just for the sisters themselves and not just in the summer. And so they very generously opened up and invited me to come and be here. And so I'm going to be here for three years, please God, just helping to develop this place into a spirituality house. And what I would say, Shane, is that they very consciously named the place the FCJ Spirituality House Chach Spiridalta. And there's a couple of things there. So it's a home that's being shared. So the sisters will continue to return. So they're sharing their house or their home with us. It's not a, a, a business. That's that, you know, it's, it's much more a, of a, a community idea. And also the Gaelga, the Chach Spiridalta being part of it was, was important too. So we'll try and just honour those as, as we develop. Um, it, we've been just a very gentle start, really, since September I've been here. Um, we've had to do some a little bit of work on the house. We've had a couple of groups in. But then and we started in November, really, to have courses and events. So we would have people would come in for morning meditation. We've had different crafting workshops. We've had Saturdays with different themes, full day retreats. We decided for the first year we won't do any residential. We'll just let it settle in as a day um, a centre for, for now and that we'll build towards residential, even though that possibility is here. But uh, we really, I suppose, as uh, with COVID nervousness and that, I suppose, as we came into December, we kind of slowed down. So what we've done is we've taken our morning meditation and it's you can come in person because it's a very large chapel room, beautiful room we have here. Or a lot of people come online because they feel comfortable and we can sit together in the stillness um, and look out at the sea and just be calm. We have Lexio Divina on Tuesday evenings and mindfulness is happening in one of the other rooms. We have a few different little things like that, but we're just on that gentle coming down now and saying, okay, we don't need to do lots of things now over the Christmas this year as we settle in. Let's get our programme out from January on and, and begin to work. And please God, we'll be able to offer more residential opportunities. Long to, so people in Limerick might say, if there was three nights in Spanish Point, I'd come up and stay. Whereas they might say, well, I wouldn't drive to Spanish Point for one day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That kind of a, just we're teasing it out. And please, God, now as we come towards the summer, we'll have more and more opportunities and we'll begin to hear what people want. But I suppose the balance of what we're looking for is that we would have uh, opportunities for locals who live here, as well as for those who'd like to come and visit. This just this kind of balance all the time where this would be a spiritual haven. The last thing I'll say is that um, what most people comment on when they come in here is that it, the location that is beautiful, that they sit looking out a window and they say, it's good to be here. And I think that there's something very important in that. I, I, I was talking to somebody recently about the place and they said, you know, you could admire the location and it's all very beautiful. But they said the frame that you have or the, the worldview that you're bringing is to see it through the eyes of the divine. Is your frame is spirituality that you're saying, not just we admire this world, but we recognize God present in it. And that helps us to open our hearts and to heal and to be away, able and present for all that God is doing in the world. And, and I do think there's something in that, that just the ability to come away and be here, to walk by the sea, 
to breathe fresh air, to eat nice food, to not be in a rush and to have some good spiritual reflections is very helpful. Noreen, um, you did mention there um, that, that the meditation is online. What's the email? What's the address, please? I, I, the, I know you tell us later on, but... Yeah, the email address for that is info at fcjspirituality.ie. So it's info at okay. fcj Spirituality House, S P I R I T U A L I T Y. Okay. Uh, we will. JSpiritualityHouse.ie, and I'll, I'll say that at the end of the contact details. Lovely. It's just in case because I know myself, when I heard you mention about meditation online, ah, yeah. possibility. Thanks 11 o'clock in the morning, next Tuesday and Thursday. What time? 11 in the morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. A, love, a lovely time to have it, Noreen. A nice, respectable time. Well done. Okay, Shane. <laughs> Um, Lorraine, thank you very much for that. And I have to say, we will we will touch base with you again uh, in the new year. And Please just, do. Uh, so we can, and hopefully, maybe at some stage, myself and John might make it the Spanish point, maybe to do a recording. You'd be heartily welcome. I think I've, I've had a couple of people called with the radio mics and said, let's just sit in the window and talk. And I noticed we start to speak slower as we're talking, which is not great for radio, but it's fabulous for the blood pressure. So you know. <laughs> Well, it works. It works for the podcast too, which is. I just, I just, I just. So I suppose, Lorraine, Lorraine is is one of the things. Um, you know, today we're the, the three of us were just chatting and talking. Of course, today we're marking the fourth Sunday of Advent. So um, we've we we asked Lorraine just to kind of share a few a few thoughts with us on it, a few a few a few a few words of inspiration. But to do that, we, we're actually going to start and take it from actually the gospel of the day. So like we normally do on the podcast, uh, the first thing we're going to have is the prayer before reading and reflecting on scripture. And then uh, someone is going to read the gospel. I'm not sure who. Noreen is going to read the gospel. And then uh, then we'll, we'll take it from there. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, Noreen, you're going to give us the Gospel, which is the Gospel for the fourth Sunday of Advent, and it's taken from Luke. <clears throat> taken from Luke 1, 39 to 44. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. The word of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for that, Noreen. Have you got a thought or two, Noreen, you'd like to share with us there on that particular reading? Oh, sure. I, I never I never only have one thought, as you know yourself, John. You go, we got plenty um, of time. <laughs> but I, I thought today what I would do is I'm, I'm kind of consciously bringing a book called The Deep End, which uh, is a, a new text for Sunday Gospels that was brought out recently by uh, two Irish women, her scripture scholars, called Jane Mellet and Trina Doherty. And it's quite unusual to have a book that has Sunday reflections that are, is written by women in Ireland. Um, and I know that uh, when it came out here, it, there was huge interest in the States. It's been published in the States because they said to have the female voice uh, in reflecting on scripture is actually a huge gap. And uh, so there's there's great interest in the deep end. And I actually just thought I'd base my reflections on that really so that people could have a sense if it was something they were interested in. It's a book they could pick up for messenger publications and have across the year as a reflection for every Sunday. So I hope that's helpful. My own flavour will be in what I'm sharing as well, but I've been inspired by their words. So the title Jane and Trina took for this Sunday when they listened to the story of Mary visiting Elizabeth is pregnant with promise, pregnant with promise. And they ask a really good question at the start. They say, who was the first evangelist? Who was the first one who shared the good news? Does Mary come to mind? If we understand evangelization as spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, we'll surely recognize that the mother of Jesus was the very first evangelist and a powerful one at that. Mary was the first to carry Jesus to others. When her presence prompted Elizabeth to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Mary became a model for all who seek to share Christ's light with others. So often we think of sharing the good news in terms of information or education. But here is a moment when we're offered the idea of somebody carrying within their body, within their life, within their understanding of who they are, within their person, carrying Jesus to another. And that that actual carrying of Jesus brought this joy and this explosion of the Holy Spirit so that Elizabeth recognised the Christ, recognised the mother of her God. And there's a lovely quote from Carol Hauslander who says, the way to begin healing the wounds of the world is to treasure the infant Christ in us, to be not the castle of Christ, but the cradle of Christ. And in rocking that cradle to the rhythm of love, to swing the whole world back into the beat of the music of eternal life. So the first thought I have today to share with you is that there is a particular gift. It's not just associated with motherhood, with being a parent, but with being a woman. There's a particular way of sharing. There's a particular way of journeying to each other when we're in need of being together that shares the good news that shares Jesus in a way that sometimes we forget in our culture or don't value as highly. So that sense of Mary showing us that by that simple moment when she could have been all about herself, she came out and went to Elizabeth and in sharing together, they both pregnant with promise, 
rejoiced, were filled with the Spirit and were lifted, each of them by each other and blessed. I suppose the second thing I want to notice is that often our image of Mary can become very sanitised. It's not intentional. It's meant from a good place. But because we want to recognise Mary is so special, we can tend to say she was much better than the rest of us and totally different and nothing to do with the rest of us. And here is us poor humans. But what God did for Mary is what God wants to do for all of us. There is nothing that happened for Jesus, for Mary, for the apostles, for the early Christians that God does not want for us all. And so when we find ourselves sanitizing Mary, when we find ourselves saying that, that being holy and being pure and quiet and, and not, not really having a personality, they're the virtues of a woman. Sometimes we have to step back and say, God chose Mary exactly as she was. A young girl who ran to Elizabeth, full of enthusiasm and joy, pregnant with promise, pregnant with joy, carrying the word of God, passing it on. Somebody who didn't fit neatly into the structures of what was expected of one who would bring the Messiah to birth. This is the person God chose. And we need to catch that sometimes our patriarchal structures, which all of us were born into, this is the stuff of original sin. We're born into the world that is sinful. And so we don't get to start from nothing. It's okay if we didn't notice for a long time. But we begin to notice as women, wow, actually, God works through me as well. God works through me. God works through my life. I, as a mother, have taken and fed a child and said, this is my body given for you. I, as a parent, have given up all sleep to take care of a child and said, this is my life given for you. At all of those ways that women quietly and loudly, whatever way, win their own femininity, live and proclaim good news. We pass on the word of God. And I suppose my, my challenge today is, is that we just notice and reflect that Mary, God chose Mary. God chose Mary Magdalene to be the first one to see him risen. God chose Elizabeth to be the first one that would meet Mary. In all of this, God is speaking to us and sharing something beautiful with us. So today is a great day to notice and honour the women in our lives who are bringing good news to us. The women in our lives who have been the ones who shared Jesus with us. And that might be through helping us to pray. That might be through turning up and being there in moments when our lives were broken. That might be through the granny who, who arrived with with brown soda and some things when we were heading off to college and said, just put them in your bag now so that you'll never be hungry. All those ways that we minded each other, all those ways that we tried to be Christ for each other, that we honour and recognise that. Many of us have a particular devotion to Mary, and I think Advent is a great time to reflect on what Mary can teach us about being a disciple, a God bearer, the one who bears God. God asks each of us to be bearers of God's love and word. And the challenge for all of us, I think, is to create a space for God in all of our human experience. And that's why sometimes it's really helpful to think in terms of how we've included women, because it helps us to move out of a very heady theology and into our bodies, because all of us know what it is to be loved, to be held by a woman as a baby as a young child, as an adult. 
we can begin to notice when we notice how God is working in and through and with women. We begin to notice how God is working in and through and with all of us, men, women and children. Our challenge is to create that space for God in our joy and in our brokenness. To follow the example, the footsteps of the first evangelist, Mary. So maybe our prayer this morning might be to listen to the experiences of women in our church, in our society, who through their strength and enthusiasm continue the task of carrying Christ in and to the world. Noreen, thank you very much indeed for that. Beautiful. Shane, try and follow that now. Am I upset, Shane? Am I upset, Shane? <laughs> it's an interesting one. Um, the visitation, the, the, the Mary going to, to see Elizabeth, I, there's, there's, it's, it's a very beautiful and a very human um, event that, that we're given to reflect on this week. And as you as we go through the gospel, as we go through the, the liturgy this week, the, the, the shift um, is much more towards the events coming up to Christmas. Um, so we'll, there'll be the, the genealogies will be recited, and there'll be the story of Joseph and, and all the rest of it. But this one in particular, um, as anyone that's been to the Holy Land, you know, Mary going from Nazareth to Elizabeth wasn't the easiest of journeys to make. From Nazareth to tradition holds it as a place called Ein Karim, which is just outside Jerusalem. It's um, it's not the 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 most straightforward of journeys to make. And she'd have been a young woman at the time, you know, going going and responding as quickly as she could is, is how it's often described. Um, to 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 be with Elizabeth, and I suppose the, the couple of things that always strike me about it is Elizabeth is generally portrayed as um, the older woman. She was she was tra tra tradition or scripture tells us that she was older, um, and Mary goes up to to help her out because she was six months pregnant at this stage. You know, it's, it's six months since, since, since she, she was Elizabeth conceived, and. Um, it's an interesting one that uh, that whole dialogue of seeking advice from the elder as well as going to help. And for me, that's always something that struck me because from my own experience in, in, in different African countries, there's a much greater respect for the wisdom of experience in some respects. Uh, the, the, it's not necessarily the wisdom of qualifications or the wisdom of, of uh, college or, or things like that, but it's the wisdom of the university of life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, that's something that just struck me about this, 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 the gospel is that you have two women who are sharing in their experiences of the university of life and maybe, maybe consoling each other because obviously Nobody else had had this experience that they had had necessarily, um, but also then sharing the joy of it. Um, and for me, that that that's the one thing about the, the the visitation. And there's some beautiful, particularly for contemporary depictions of it, 
uh, both in sculpture but also in art. And what comes across again and again is something there also, which you know Noreen picked up on, is, is the joy of the event and the sharing of that good news that you know they 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 were both to to bear a child, and it's a reminder to us, I suppose, as well that, as Noreen said, Mary is the first evangelist. She's the first carrier of the message of the good news. She's she is the person who who carried the word. You know that's that's the, the prayer we say in in our prayer before reading reflecting on scripture. She carried the word. And herself and Elizabeth were joyous with the experience of it. And that's something I think that we sometimes lose sight of, is that joy of, of, of belief, of faith, that sometimes religions and faith are seen very much as do's and don'ts, very much seen as affairs of the head rather than affairs of the heart. And I think for me, this Sunday's gospel uh, very much kind of brings that around, that what we are celebrating in Christmas <clears throat> is an affair of the heart. And it's not necessarily something that you can in tech, in, 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 you know, uh, put into the head necessarily from, a, from, a, from a, an intellectual point of view. That's the word I was looking for. That's the expression I was trying to come up with there. You know, it's... it's as any parent will know, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's not, the experience of having a child is, 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 is not necessarily a logical experience. You know, it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, and I suppose the question for us then is, looking at it as a metaphor, where is that experience for us in terms of our relationship with Christ? Because ultimately that's what Christmas that's what the Christ, Advent, Advent and the Christmas season are about, is, you know, you have the three comings of Advent, um, the coming that, that happened, that is, that will be. And it's that one in the middle that sometimes gets lost, that coming now into our hearts. Um, because we focus on the Christmas, the coming that was, the event 2,000 years ago. Um and in the beginning of Advent, we focus on the one that will come. But the one that's coming now and how we respond to that is very much a question and a focus for each of us. Because I suppose when I, when I look at it, actually, it reminds me of a great um, quote from Oscar Romero. And it's, um, no one can celebrate a genuine Christmas without being truly poor. The self-sufficient, the proud, those who, because they have everything, look down on others, those who have no need, even of God, for them there will be no Christmas. Only the poor, the hungry, those who need someone to come on their behalf will have that someone. That someone is God, Emmanuel, God with us. Without poverty of spirit, there can be no abundance of God. And it's that, I suppose, poverty of spirit that um, very much speaks to the experience of those that are downtrodden in society, that are looked upon as other, that maybe um, we need to challenge ourselves and ask ourselves about, um, and just to 
query it to a certain extent and to 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 see what way we we respond to it and ask ourselves what way we deal with it. And you know, it's 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 something we need to to think about because we wait for God. We wait for the moments of encounter. We wait for the divine. We wait for those those Tabor moments. Those moments of uh, divine dialogue. Those aha moments when you see a sunset or a sunrise or you hold your child in your arms and there's that gentle moment of encounter when you you hold the hand of an older relative and you're asking and it's those are the moments that we're trying to remember encounter and experience the gentleness of reminding us of the gentleness of god and waiting is not something that people think about with great sympathy. You know, most of us try to avoid it as much as we can. But, and in our current world, you know, waiting is very much frowned upon, you know. um, But we're asked to wait with each other and to wait for that encounter. And I think it's that gentleness of that encounter today between those two women Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can just imagine them. Mary comes up to the door, Elizabeth comes out, and the hug, I, I always imagine the hug that was there between the two of them. And, you know, just the probably the sheer relief for Mary. She'd arrived, and she had someone that knew her experience. And Elizabeth's kind of, someone was there to help that knew where she was coming from. You know, that gentleness, that, that human encounter, and to ask ourselves the question, where are we doing that for each other? Where are we doing that for God? And where, as Noreen said, where are we listening to the others in our community, in our church, and around us, and making that space? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be quite struck. Sorry to jump in just... Uh... Or gentle is one we have to mind because it's that word that we sometimes use to 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 quieten women, because both those women's bodies were about to be broken open, um, and they were both actually women who shouldn't have been pregnant legally, like as in could have been divorced and gone. Her husband is already shamed that they hadn't had a child. There was a whole patriarchal piece there, and Mary could have been stoned for being pregnant. Mm. A really interesting piece in. And one of the things I'd, I'd throw out this morning to people is those who have had a difficult time or who have carried pain around being pregnant, that today really is a day when Mary would visit you and be with you and say, all that happened in your journey was beautiful and good. That, you know, and to really just allow yourself to be held as Elizabeth held Mary and Mary held Elizabeth. They, there is nothing, nothing wrong at all with being a bearer of life that's beautiful. And I just pray for anyone in that situation. So I think that that gentleness is that gentle strength that we admire. That's the, 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 the gentle strength um, that, that is so powerful, you know. And I, I think you hit a real nail on the head around the waiting piece. Rebecca Salnett has some really interesting articles at the moment around waiting. Um, an American historian and writer. 
And she says, we're in a middle time. She said she finds people looking for fairy tales. I think I read a piece of it last year when I was with you. Because people want to know there'll be a happy ending. And that in a lot of ways, it hurts us to be in a waiting time. And I think that's why Advent is so precious. That the ability to wait with some kind of joy and, and, and hope. And not that my goal will be achieved. Hope not that coronavirus will be started, but hope in terms of God is already at work in the world. God is already doing what needs to be done. And I live from that trust. And that gives me hope. And and my sense of that journey of, of, of hope in Advent is not that it was easy for Mary or Elizabeth. It was actually very difficult, very dangerous. Even for Mary to leave home and head off on her own pregnant was a very dangerous thing to do. And yet already God is at work in my life. Holy is God's name. It's a song that's coming out of the middle of her and out of the middle of Elizabeth. And then somehow that being so precious, you know, so sorry, I'm speaking more than I should need to. <laughs> no, you're not. Beautiful thoughts. Noreen, thank, thanks a lot for that. Just following on from that, um, I, over the years, I've, I've liked to take uh, Michael Devertai to help me out with Lecture Devena. And, and, and this week he has a few, just a few little thoughts. And one of them, something like what, something allied to what Noreen's just mentioned to us. Lord, we think today, uh, we think today of some girl who's pregnant and regre- regrets this pregnancy. Pe- perhaps she, was, she has no one at home to lean on. Perhaps she's overburdened with financial problems or finds that a child will block her career. We ask you to send some Mary to visit her, to visit her home. Someone who has problems too, but trusts that you will fulfil the hopes she has within her and who will greet her in such a way that the child in her womb will leap for joy and she will feel blessed and filled with your Holy Spirit. I think that's a beautiful thought there. Just I'd like to what Noreen shared with us there from Michael de Vertine. The second item, the second reflection, again, it's a short one. Lord, we thank you for the mothers in our country who had to struggle so hard to bring up their children well. And in spite of all the odds, have managed their homes with dignity. What kept them going was a faith like Mary's. That deep belief that you had planted certain convictions within them and that these would be vindicated. We have been blessed by having them among us and many great people have been born as the fruits of their wombs. Beautiful thoughts maybe to end our reflection there today and Noreen, thanks a lot for sharing those thoughts that maybe some of us needed to hear because we wouldn't hear them so often about women and the contribution of women and those those two two ladies that wrote that book deep in, one of them is Jane Mellett, the other one? It's Trina Doherty. Trina Trina Doherty. Well worth a read, I'd say. Beautiful. Just a lovely reflection. Now, they're they're blessed. They're doing Luke's Gospel. And as as Jane said, that's the most beautiful. Not not the most beautiful, but it's it's such a joyful gospel. Mm -hmm. And and everything. So it was a a wonderful place to start. But they've been asked to do the series of three. So please, God, we'd have all of them in the end. Um, It's a pleasure. And and as I'm saying, Shane's reflections now have given me loads of pause for thought around gentleness. Thank you you very much indeed, guys. Lovely to be together. And this is the beauty of Lexio. We stay with the word. That's all. Feeling something just, you know. As Father Frank says, you know, just, just stay there, just just let, let the Holy Spirit speak to us, and the Holy Spirit will speak to us through other people. And that's why we're all, as you said, together. 
Noreen, just before you go again, your contact details, please. Again, you might just oh, provide them again, please. Please, thanks. So we're we're still quite new, so we're still building. So um, uh, we haven't websites of that up yet. We'll have them in January, please, mm-hmm. God. You can email me at info, so I-N-F-O, info at F-C-J, so that's the Faithful Companions of Jesus, F-C-J, Spirituality House, all one word, I'll spell it, info at F-C-J, S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L-I-T-Y, H-O-U-S-E dot I-E. Fine long email. You can phone and text the centre on 87 at 87 4479115 and we have a Facebook page uh, if you look up FCJ Spirituality House Spanish Point you'll find us and gradually we'll have more we'll have a monthly newsletter so if people email or text we'll send them put them on the monthly newsletter list and we'll gradually uh, become more and more visible as, as, as we get set up um, but I really appreciate the chance to come and chat and it's always lovely to stay with the gospel I'm the Lexio that we're doing we're consciously doing the gospel of the previous Sunday so mm-hmm. next will be reflecting on this and it's lovely to have have sat here with you already um i i learned that from shem so Manuth. He said if you if you sit with next week's gospel sometimes you're about how i can use it whereas a great advantage is to sit with last week's gospel and say in this week how is god speaking to me because it, it sets us free from the how it can be useful <laughs> doreen thanks a lot for sharing again those, those, those tips with us thank you so much no, it's great to, great to chat. Thanks so much for your time. A piece of music, maybe, just to finish off that might be ideal. What would you suggest? Um, I think if you have that, there's a John Michael Talbot uh, Magnificat. It's just beautiful. That, it. uh, mm. And it's, it's a man singing a, a woman's song. But actually, it's really appropriate in that, that gentleness of, of all of us singing it together. And I think that's the, the thing of the Magnificat, to have that sense that all of us are singing. Here are two women who shouldn't, who are outside the bounds of society in loads of ways, singing this amazing song about joy, about God being at the heart of all that's happening, and then about dismantling all cruel systems, taking the mighty from their thrones. Yeah, yeah. lovely. A lovely, joyful and gentle entry into Advent, a reminder of, uh, into the last week of Advent, a reminder really of all God is doing. And that's our hope. God is already doing the work. Well Shane, I think we'll have to have Noreen on again. What do you reckon? No, not too oh, God, yeah. not too far away. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much awesome. again, Noreen and, and Shane. Um, as I said, we, we will be uh, producing a podcast for um, Christmas Day and also the 26th of December. We've got a, a lot of reflections. I'd say what, what we're going to do at the moment, we're, we're going to divide the reflections between Christmas Day and uh, St. Stephen's Day on the 26th of December and maybe the odd one during the week but each individual one we'll also put up on our podcast page. Um, so please continue to pass on the word. Come and see inspirations.buzzspread.com Just Google come and see inspirations there. And again, if you've got any thoughts, any ideas um, please email us come and see inspirations at gmail.com But from Noreen and from Shane and from myself uh, we hope you have a a beautiful Christmas, and we'll speak to you again in a few short days. Until then, God bless now. Bye. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit. See ya.
Amen.